Pastors Larry and Tiz Huck welcome you to another Larry Huck Ministries podcast. We pray this teaching will fill you with God's wisdom, anointing, and revelation knowledge. Thank you for your prayers and faithful support. What I want to talk to you tonight about is having peace and joy and victory in the midst of a storm. Now, one thing you know about us, we don't like to be a Debbie Downer. <laughs> we don't like to be a bearer of bad news. We don't like to be the, the church that is always heavy. You know, there's heavy things going on in the world. But we have the good news. We have the good news of God in every area of our life. And so, yeah, there's bad news. You know, sometimes you just got to take a break from the news. I mean, I don't believe that we should bury our head in the sand and not know what's going on in the world. As God's women, as God's people, we have to combat those things. We have to know what's going on in our schools. We have to know what they're teaching our children. Amen? Amen. We can't just bury our head in the sand and hope it's going to turn out all right. Listen, they're pumping stuff into our kids from the time they're going into kindergarten now that you and I have to counterattack. We, we would be delinquent in our duty if we turned a blind eye and just let these things happen, right? Come on, come on, come on, y'all. You with me? Come on, I need to hear from you tonight. <laughs> Amen? And so there's things that we have to know what are going on. In the world of finances, we have to be sensible. <laughs> Amen, sister. That's what I like. Come on, who's next? Come to this altar. Praise. <laughs> I love that. The church is alive. The church is not. <laughs> I, I was walking through our house the other day. We have three dogs. We have horses and cows. And, you know, there's always mud trails everywhere. You know, my dining room table, it's got halters on it. It's got muddy boots on it. It's got dog brushes. It's got leashes, ammo. <laughs> oh, lots of ammo. <laughs> always. It's always full of all kinds of stuff. And I was like, this is a lived-in home. <laughs> At first, I was like, oh, <laughs> I need some clean space here. And then I was like, this is our home. You know what? That's what the church is. You know, we want it to be all clean and tidy and, you know, spiritually, people that don't have any problems, you know, come on. Let's get real, right? We live in a real world. We face real issues. We face real challenges. But we are real, real, real powerful women. Come on. Amen. Amen. Why are we powerful? Well, Maybe you work out. I know Lydia is working out. Oh, come on. Show it off. Me, I don't work out at all. But spiritually, come on, y'all. We are mighty, mighty, mighty women of God. Amen? I'm telling you what, and I want to talk to you tonight about how to go to a new level in that. Let me tell you something. This week, I was doing that little vlog 
went home after church Sunday, and I had to have it for Tuesday. It's called Tuesdays with Tiz, by the way. It's on Facebook. I do a little, uh, anybody, anybody watch that? Ah, oh, thanks, thanks. Spread the news. Spread the news. I tell you, share it. Yeah, spread it, share it, smear it, you know, force it, whatever. <laughs> Send it around. And share it because I'm trying to do little bits of hope, little sound, little bites of hope, you know, a couple minutes, and just uh, encourage people how to win and how to have victory in life. So God just really put it in my heart this week about teaching on that and then teaching tonight about rejoicing in the Lord. So you all know, I'm sure, Philippians 4, right? So let me just read it because... I don't want to divert too much from that text, but <laughs> look at my Bible. We were filming a couple weeks ago, and I have my stack of Bibles, and they're all like this with post-it notes. And Truett and Melina said, we know what we're getting you for Christmas, a Costco-sized box of post-it notes. Because <laughs> I put them there, and then I never take them out because it's like, that's so special. <laughs> so... Philippians 4.4, if you have your Bible, if you have your phone and you use that as your Bible, or if you know it by heart, which you probably do, right? Yep. So we'll start with Philippians 4.4. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. What did he say? Rejoice. Say it again. Rejoice. Okay. Let your gentleness be evident to all the lord is near do not be anxious about anything but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving present your requests to god and the peace of god which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in christ jesus how does that happen finally brothers and sisters <laughs> that's a little discriminatory right Where's the sisters in there? Does it really? Awesome. Well, mine doesn't. I'll add it. Finally, brothers and sisters, old and young, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, lovely, admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Amen. And the peace of God will be with you. Say this, and the peace of God will be with me. me. Amen. Amen. So how is that? We know that scripture. Everybody knows that scripture that knows the Bible. Everybody. That's a great scripture. We can quote it. But how do we do that on a day-to-day -day basis when we're actually fighting battles, facing challenges, dealing with issues, how in the world do we rejoice? What does that word rejoice mean? Does it mean we just giddy? We're, we're just giddy. We laugh. You know, sometimes I look at people and I think, do they get this? <laughs> Are they getting this? Sometimes I look at people who it's like they just don't pay attention to things, you know, or they're just kind of maybe a little bit shallow in certain areas and they're just not understanding what's going on. Sometimes I see people, they just bury their heads in the sand. You walk through the grocery store, you see them. 
you see the moms with the kids that are just tearing stuff off the aisles, and the mom's just like, nothing's happening here. <laughs> There's a mess on aisle nine. <laughs> I wasn't anywhere near aisle nine. <laughs> and all the things are going on around them, and they're just clueless. You know, not even paying attention. Now, I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about ignoring life. I'm not talking about just pretending it's going to go away. Faith, I've said this so many times, but mark this down. Faith is not denying what's going on. Faith is denying its right to rule and reign in your life. We went through a few tumultuous years health-wise in our family. You know, out of nowhere, all of a sudden, seven months old, Luke and Jen's baby lion is diagnosed with leukemia. Well, that didn't sit well in our faith doctrine. That was not supposed to happen. And that was not in the book, according to our faith. How did we deal with that? Well, spiritual warfare. And we'll teach about that more and more. Uh, we've written books on it. We, we've lived it for, you know, 45 years. But we rose above the circumstances. Yeah, those were real issues. We didn't just bury our head in the sand. We didn't just deny it and pretend it would just go away or faith it away. We had to deal with it head on. We had to face it, and we had to deal with those circumstances. We weren't denying what was going on, but we were denying its right to rule and reign and take hold of the, our baby's life. And so that's where faith comes in. You don't deny what's going on in the world. You don't just turn a blind eye. You rise up and you overcome it. And those attacks that are coming against your family or your children or your marriage or your finances... You can't just walk away and pretend they're going to dissolve. That's not, that's not an active faith. Okay, active faith is saying, oh, really? <laughs> really? You think you're going to come against my family? You know, I mean, when this began to happen in our lives, I mean, I had a righteous indignation come up in me. It was like, oh, there is no way. There is absolutely no way. Because I saw beyond just you know, a, a sickness. I saw an attack spiritually trying to break the back of our family, trying to break the impact of our life, our ministry. And we stood against that. Yeah, we did everything, absolutely everything we needed to in the physical realm. That's right, Mama. <laughs> we did. We did everything. Luke and Jen lived in a hospital room on the oncology floor of the children's hospital for six months with baby lion. A room about this big. How do you get through that? Machines hooked up. You know, there's no sleep in that situation. There's one chair in the room that is, you know, those hard, <laughs> what do you call it? Recliner, but... I wouldn't even qualify it in that category. <laughs> it's a hard chair with a leg lift. And that's where Luke slept for six months. And Jen slept in the crib with Lion until the nurses 
kicked her out. <laughs> and she'd go sit on Luke's lap. As soon as they were gone, back in the crib with Lion. Well, a baby-sized crib. And she's in there sleeping with baby Lion. They're at, wrapped up in one. You know, every 20 minutes, every 15 minutes, you know, you're interrupted. They're taking his pulse. They're taking his blood. They're taking all these things. They're doing all these things. I mean, there was no rest. Nowhere to go. You're on the oncology floor. You're surrounded by all kinds of other things that want to grab your mind. It's not a happy place. It's not a fun place to be. Every time we'd go up there, you know, we saw this, but you're on a floor, the entire floor of the hospital, that is only children with cancer. So you're seeing completely surrounding you is babies and children and teenagers, kids that are in various stages of cancer and their families and the things they're dealing with. And all of this is surrounding you. How do you keep faith? How do you rise above that and stay in a place of faith, stay in a place of rejoicing, Stay in a place of peace. How's that even possible? If you've ever gone to a floor like that and you've seen everything that's going on, I mean, there's not a day that you don't see parents out in the, in the hall, you know, weeping, crying, embracing each other. We had stood out there ourselves, our whole family surrounding, you know, on the day that we got the news. You know, we're all out there in the hall just you know, holding each other and sobbing and weeping and seeing all these other families. How do we rejoice in that situation? How did we, number one, not get mad at God? I mean, I'm talking real here. God, we've served you. We've lived our lives. We've poured our lives into people in the world for 45 years. What in the world? To process that? was a whole thing in and of itself. You know, it did not make sense. But we chose to trust our God. We all chose to trust our God. I was so mad at the enemy. I was so mad for my children. I was so sad for my children that had this brand new baby and this happened. I was so sad for my family that had to go through this together. We all went through this together. There's a saying that someone uh, gave me when we first started dealing with cancer. It said, a person doesn't get cancer. A family gets cancer. And it's something, I didn't really have that in my notes to go there, but I can't look at Jen on the front row and not think of the superhero of faith that this girl is and my family. And every single day we encouraged each other. Every single day. We didn't talk about well, what in the world's going on here, God? This isn't supposed to happen. We didn't talk about the, the bad news. We dealt with it, but we talked about God's promises. Every single day, we would get up, and all of us, there were times when we would have real discussions, of course. We had to deal with things. How's it going? We're texting, we're calling, whatever. You know, okay, uh, our terms were, and this is a hospital term, trending up. Trending up. Maybe it was this much up. Maybe it was this much up. But we'd 
voice, voice that and believe that and speak of that. Trending up. He's trending up. He's trending up. You know, one thing after another. These, all these things that we had to deal with. But we stood our ground in faith. Katie and I were coming in tonight. And I'm just going to skip through this because I'm getting too emotional. <laughs> I need to move on. Help me. So we're coming in tonight, and I'm thinking, you know, on my notes, I'm looking over my notes, and rejoice in the Lord always. And on the radio comes the song from Bethel, I Raise a Hallelujah. Amen? Anybody not know that song? Go ahead, out loud. Who can sing it for us? I raise a hallelujah in the presence of... Say it out loud for me. If you know it, say it out loud. I raise a hallelujah in the presence of my enemies. I raise a hallelujah louder than the unbelief. I raise a hallelujah in the middle of the mystery... I raise a hallelujah. Fear you've lost your hold on me. We're driving in and pulling into the parking lot right out here. And Katie's like avoiding this squirrel that was trying to commit suicide in front of our car. (laughs) Huh? I know. I know. He's very healthy. And so immediately... I'm like having flashbacks because for the last four years, that's been our theme song in our family. For four years, in the midst of all that I just described to you, in the midst of not even a year after baby lion got diagnosed, then mama Tiz got diagnosed with cancer, ovarian cancer. I mean, it was, you know, we stood and Katie and I, We're driving in, and that song comes on, and I thought, there is no coincidence tonight. If I say nothing else tonight, the fact that we have, Katie, I have so many, so many videos and pictures on my phone of us, of us all singing that song or other songs on the way to the hospitals, on the way to chemo, on the way back from chemo. (laughs) And we were so sick of that song. She won't even hardly listen to it anymore. But you know what? That song. And it's not just that song. I don't want to give, you know, credit totally to that song. But I'm telling you, that warfare, in the midst of a storm, we raised a hallelujah. We stood and glorified God. We stood and praised God. Praised, just bit my tongue. <laughs> Praised God in the midst of all of that we were going on in our lives. Publicly, you know, we were uh, preaching faith in our house just the same way. We were preaching faith every day. We would encourage each other in the Lord. We would look for the tiniest little ounce of faith trending up. 
we would go on our ways to the, on our drives to the hospital and and dad would say we're going to see two miracles today we're going to have two solid pieces of good news today sometimes we there were times katie i was asking her the other day remind me of some of those things we'd be pulling into the uh, high rise uh, parking lots the garage at 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 the children's hospital and you know i mean you're up, 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 every spot is taken. I mean, it's just packed every day. We'd be up, 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 and we'd get to the floor that we needed to be on, and there'd be an open spot. God would say, God would say, Larry would say, you know, I get them mixed up sometimes. <laughs> we had a little boy in our church one time years ago, and he, he said, I, could I get a picture with Pastor Larry? So he gets a picture with him, and he says, Dad, I got my picture with God. <laughs> but we'd get up there, and we'd get a close spot, you know, and Dad would say, yep, one step, one spot closer to our miracles. One step closer. That's God just showing us. We're one, one day closer to our miracles. You know, is that a giant miracle from God? Well, we believed it was. You know, we're looking for miracles, so when those things happen, we're going to claim them. You know, is, is, was he healed that day 100,000%? No, but we looked for that little miracle. And let me tell you this. This is a theme of the book that we're writing right now. Sometimes a gigantic miracle happens in one giant colossal event. Most times, a giant miracle happens in hundreds, hundreds of smaller miracles that make up that giant miracle. You know, right now, we're writing this book, and uh, I was talking with editors today, and they're like, well, can you tell me the, the turning points for your healing in those days, you know, when all of a sudden you knew it was, you know... And I was struggling because I was like, you know, there wasn't many of those days. There wasn't that many of those days when it was like, whoa, I'm 90% better today. I'm 100% better today. You know, wow, it's over. But every day we looked to be moving forward. And those smaller miracles would come. Those smaller victories would come. Those steps forward, those trending up miracles would come. And guess what? Four years later, Lion and me are a thousand percent healed. A thousand percent. Amen? And I, I mean that. We are completely cancer free. But I say that, and I hesitate to say that because that goes against my, my grain of faith. I believe for the giant miracles every single day. I believe it, and I am not saying what I'm saying to deter you in faith. I am not saying that because we've seen people rise up and walk out of wheelchairs. We have seen the incredible miracles, the giant, the colossal, in our own lives and in others by the thousands over the years. We've been in ministry almost 46 years. We've seen a lot of great things. But I really feel the need to encourage people that believe for the 100% overnight. Believe the greatest that you can. Take the limits off our God. Take the limits off yourself. And trust God Almighty. 
But at the same time, if it doesn't quite happen that way, then keep in faith. Keep pressing it through. Well, I didn't quite get there today, but tomorrow, tomorrow's going to be another miracle. We'd, we'd, get, we'd get up every day and believe for God to show us his hand and show us his moving. And every, I mean, we've got journals. We've, I've got a whole dresser full of journal notes of just seeing God move from the biggest things to the smallest things. You know, I have this thing about butterflies. I always have. The cocoon stage, you know, a cranial caterpillar crawling. All of a sudden he goes into a cocoon, messes around in there for a while. God touches him, comes out. The most incredible. Today I had this yellow butterfly flying around my kitchen. I'm not inside, but outside I'm like, Grandma? (laughs) We have some funny jokes about butterflies. But to me it represents the miracle transformation of God. I love them. I think they're gorgeous. I love them. But they represent a miracle touch that only God can do. Sometimes we feel like caterpillars. Sometimes we feel like our, our vantage point of life is the ground. <laughs> Sometimes we feel like we're just <laughs> moving at that speed. Inch, inch, inch. You know, a caterpillar. All of a sudden, God puts us in a little cocoon. Seems like nothing's happening here. I'm asleep, asleep, you know, things going on. All of a sudden, start breaking out. This beautiful creature comes out. Sometimes that's our life. But I have this thing about butterflies. I always have. I mean, sometimes I'd find a butterfly wing right on my kitchen floor. Be like, okay. Katie was living with us, helping, helping everything. Be like, I did not put that there. You know, different things that would happen that were just conscious. We called them God winks. Because I'm telling you, we need encouragement. And so I want to encourage people at every point of your life not to give up, not to back down, not to wimp out. <laughs> I'm talking to myself. I, I had that conversation many times. Don't wimp out now. Come on. God didn't bring us this far to leave us. You know, listen, our family has faced some things over many, many years, but these last few years were hard. And we rose up, and God equipped us as we rose. You know, I love the stories in the Bible where Jesus healed people, but how many times did you hear And as they went, the healing came. As they went. I was talking the other day to a lady who was facing uh, health issues. And she said, I had to be committed to the process of healing. She said, I believe every single day to wake up and it to be all over. But if I wake up and it's still kind of there, I'm committed to that process. Well, why is that? People say all the time, why didn't God just avert this thing? Why didn't God just uh, avoid the whole thing in in our lives? He could. But you know, Rabbi Lappin gave us a really great word when we first were going through all this. And Rabbi and Susan came down to pray for us and to visit with us. And as we began to talk, you know, 
Larry asked Rabbi, why do you think this happened to us? And Rabbi said, we live in a fallen world. And things happen. You know, right now, there's a lot going on in the world. We don't buy into it, and we rise above it. But it affects us, right? And so he went on to say, and I thought this was just so cool. I never thought of this before. I never heard this. But he said, um, you know, if God just averted those things in our lives, we maybe would never even know it was going to happen, for one thing. But it's in that process where we, as humans, are able to reach out to our God and become a co-laborer with him in changing the destiny. Wow. I tell you, that knocked my socks off. Because in my mind, yeah, God could have just averted these last four years easily. You know? But somehow, somehow, and believe me, believe me, God does not put those things on you. Absolutely. But... We live in a fallen world, and as things come into our path, he is committed to bring us through and out. And I love what Rabbi said. He said, you know, it's in that course of life, the ups, the downs, the highs, the lows, the ins, the outs, all the things, that we do become more than a conqueror, that we do rely on our God So many times people just, they don't really have a need for God. Everything is just perfect. Why do I need God? But it's in our lives. It's in that little bit of a struggle, like the butterfly when we're in the cocoon, where we're pressing. We're pressing because we don't want to be in that cocoon. (laughs) We don't want to be stuck. We don't want to be stuck in this position. And so we press through. And I'm telling you, when you break out like that butterfly and you break out of it, You know that you know that you know the power of our God. Amen. When he has delivered you out of bondages, out of oppression. I talked to a lady uh, a few weeks ago. And she was telling me that, you know, after a major trauma in her life about four years ago, that she was so depressed. You know, it was a divorce and a really, really brutal one. And after that, she said, I was so depressed that all I did was I just basically went to bars at night and would just sit in the corner. I didn't want to meet anyone. I didn't want to be with, I just wanted to sit there and ignore life. And she said, I'd sit there and feel sorry for myself. And she said, but since I got plugged into God, I'm alive. I want to see God move. I want to be a part of my children's lives. I want to be a part of other people's lives, changing the world. I want to know God. I want him in my life. And she says, as soon as I committed to him, my whole countenance changed. She goes, I didn't just decide not to go to the bars anymore. I didn't want to go to the bars anymore. And she said, I didn't just decide. Come on, quit being mopey and grumpy. She said, it was from the inside out. And as soon as I committed to that, God lifted me out of that. And she goes, I can't wait to get up in the morning. She said, 
Every day is new. Every day, every day, I, I look out the window and I think, God, what are you going to do in my life today? And how can I be a blessing to somebody else? Amen. And so in our lives, even when we go through things, why can we rejoice? How do we rejoice? Rejoice is a choice. To rejoice is a choice. That just came off my lips. <laughs> Write that one down. That was pretty good. To rejoice is a choice. But it is, honestly. It really is. I mean, I was going to say it, just not quite that catchy of a phrase. But to rejoice is a choice. I like it. Say it. You're going to take that one home. To rejoice is a choice. How about this? To rejoice is my choice. Yeah. You know, when I was, when I was about four years old, my family was out at, at a beach, you know, playing, having a picnic and swimming and, you know, playing on logs and all kinds of stuff. And my older brother, he's about four years older than me, just a new Nick, you know. <laughs> In Hebrew, that's a little troublemaker. He was always trying to spite me, always trying to do something. One day, he comes out and he just starts rolling. I'm on this log and he starts rolling it and rolls me in the water and, you know, just messing around. And I was so mad and I got out of the water and I ran to my mom and I was crying and I was like, you know, he did this and this. My mom, you know, she was always so consoling. But this day she's like, you know what, hon, we're at the water. We're at the lake. Those things are part of being at the lake. That's, that's what kids do. She says, come on now, we're all having a good time. She's like, shake off, shake it off, shake off the tears. And this is where the saying came from, you're as happy today as you want to be. And that's where that came from. I always say that, that's where that came from. And she's like, if you want to sit there and mope, go ahead, get it together. She said, go ahead. But you know what? Everybody else is having fun. You can go play with everybody and enjoy yourself and enjoy this beautiful day or you can go mope, but the choice is up to you. And she said it with this big smile and just stared me down. All right. <laughs> Back to the water. But you know what? I'm four years old. I remember it like it was yesterday. But she could, yeah, if she'd have hugged me and consoled me, that would have felt nice, but it wouldn't have pulled me out of that slump. You know, I use that saying my whole life in ministry. If you've ever heard me, you know that that's one of my prime sayings. If you're my children, you know that saying. <laughs> but in our lives, that was a turning point in my life. Not completely. I, I've always had to deal with emotions. But that day, I'm like, wow, I can either get sympathy here or I could just get up and go have some fun. Right? And so I did. And, but that stuck with me. And to this day, you know... With life, with these past four years, with what's going on in the world, what's going on in all of our lives around us, you know, the instability of the world, the economy, all these things, you know, we're as happy today as we choose to be. Amen. To rejoice is a choice. And why can we rejoice? Just to bury our hand in the sand, head in the sand and pretend it's going to go away? No, because we are more than conquerors. Because our God is greater than anything that we're going to face. When I was diagnosed with cancer, you probably know this story, but if not, just prior to that, the week before that I knew what was going on, the week before, we're on our way into church, I didn't know anything was going on, 
I, I had a little pain in my side, but I thought it was just indigestion or something. <laughs> you know, we're on our way into church, and Larry says, hey, why don't you take the offering this morning? I'm like, great, because God just put on my heart this morning, Psalms 103. I'll, I'll, absolutely, I would love to. So that morning, you know, I, I took the service to take the offering, and I said, you know, God just put this on my heart, Psalms 103. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Everything within me shall praise the Lord. And forget not all his benefits, because he is my healer. He has healed me of all of my diseases. He has delivered me from the pit of destruction. He, it goes on and on and on. It says, he renews my youth as the eagle, Miss Margaret. How many times did we used to pray that together? All these promises of God. And I'm saying this as we receive the offering. What a great, great God we serve. Anything that we face, forget not all his benefits. He's our healer. He's our deliverer. He is our joy, our peace. He's Jehovah Jireh, our provider. Anything that we face economically, physically, he is greater. For everything that you face in the world, there is a promise from God. For every mountain, there's a miracle. For every trouble, there's God's promises. Every problem, there's God's promises. You name it that the world throws at you, God has that answer right there. Not only that, but he says, when the enemy comes in like a flood, I will raise up a standard against him. Our God is on the job in our lives. Even if we're going through things, even if we're in this fallen world, he is on the job. And before you ever even know you have an issue, he's already worked out the solutions, the answers, and the miracles. Amen? So here I am, I'm saying that in service, come to find out the next week I get this diagnosis. Oh boy, that scripture came to life. I said, God, you gave me that, not for Sunday's offering, you gave me that for my life. And I'm telling you, God performed every bit of it and still is. So I just want to tell you whatever, we're going to pray. How many of you maybe are facing a need in your life, in your family? You don't even have to raise your hands, but we're going to have a prayer. I want this to lead, lead you to a place of faith. I'm not bringing things up to say, oh, you know, woe is me or woe is you or woe is the world or this is a horrible, horrible world we're living in. I want to give you hope that our God is greater. You know, when I realized and got that diagnosis... You know, for all my life as a Christian, I have prayed that scripture. Greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. Suddenly, that scripture took on a meaning that never in my life had it taken on. And it came to me. Greater is he that is in me than this disease that is within me. And I literally could see and feel God just coming up, rising up within me manifest his, his healing within me. And so at your point of need, God is already there. At your point of trouble, God has already worked out a miracle. At your issue of any problem that comes your way, any little mountain or little mound that comes in front of you, God 
is already there flattening it out. So there's issues that are going on, maybe in your family, maybe in your finances, maybe in your job stability, maybe in your marriage, maybe with your children, maybe the things that you're facing in the world that are oppressing you. You know, depression in women can be a real, real challenge and a real issue. We feel things. We deal with things. We feel things on a level that causes us to be sensitive and emotional. That's a good, good, beautiful, wonderful gift of God. But it can be a hindrance. To be passionate about what's going on in the world, there's times I had to, in my life, my children, we've had to learn these things. My husband, you come home from church, you're carrying the burdens of the people. You know, when I pray with people at the altar, it affects me. You know, if, I, if I'm praying with you, I'm feeling it. You know, I'm feeling your pain. I'm feeling your need. And sometimes I'd go home and I'd take that home. And, you know, in the world, they say that psychiatrists have the highest rate of suicide because they sit there and listen to all these people's problems and they try to help them, but they're internalizing everything. And then they go home at night and they can't let it go. They can't let it go. And they have the highest rate of suicide in professionals. Well, I felt in my life that was happening. You know, when I'd pray for people, I would feel what they were going through, and then I would carry that, and it would affect me. And I felt like I couldn't rise above that in my own joy. I had to get delivered from a sensitivity. Yes, we need to be sensitive. We need to care, but we don't need to carry it. I counseled someone a few months ago. Actually, it was this same woman that said she was delivered from that oppression. But I had counseled her, and I said, you know, you can't carry the weight of your children. They're going through their life. They're processing and maturing and going through issues and making choices. You pray them through. You love them through. You be the greatest mom that you can. But then you've got to get to a point where you give that to God. This scripture in Philippians, it says, be anxious about nothing, but pray about everything. So when that spirit of heaviness, and there, it, 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 sometimes it goes beyond caring. Sometimes it goes beyond, you know, understanding. It goes into where you're carrying it. And I'm not saying we're not going to feel anything for our kids or our family or people that we love. But you have to give that to God. In our family, when we faced these things, we had to come to a point, literally each of us together, but individually, to give that to God and to just not let that consume us, just to consume us. And so literally, many times, if I've ever prayed with you, I'll pray that scripture over you, and I'll tell you just literally, See yourself giving it to God and receive faith and peace in your heart and a peace that passes understanding, a peace that transcends the natural and takes us into his supernatural dimension. There was a time about a week after we had gotten the diagnosis for me and we had to labor to enter into his peace. But all of a sudden it was like we just popped through the clouds 
And honestly, we were so amazed at that peace. Remember that day? I mean, we were like, we couldn't, we, we just couldn't believe it. And then we came around other people and that, that weren't in that place spiritually. And they were like, well, how are you doing? Is everything, you know, and we're like, yeah, we got this. We got this because he's got this. So in, in our lives on a daily, daily basis, press into the promises. Rejoice in the Lord because he's got this. Every day our motto was, he's got this. God's got this. One day we're coming out of the, of the hospital room with, with Lion, and we're at the lobby by the elevator, and there's this Sports Illustrated magazine right on the counter, uh, right there or on the little table. And our motto was every day, he's got this. He's got this. We got this because he's got this. And on the cover of this magazine was this basketball player. And the headline was, he's got this. <laughs> like, yeah, we'll take it. We'll take it. We'll take it. So as we step into that joy and that faith of transformation, the joy of the Lord is our strength. And as we choose to rejoice, and again, I don't mean giddy. I mean, laughter is great. It's fun. I love to laugh. But I'm talking about beyond that. I'm talking about a joy that's beyond the circumstances. No matter if circumstances are up, down, in, out, around, we got this. We're peace. We're at peace because we know that we know that we know. So those ups and downs, they come and go. But God gives us that stability. Amen? And you talk yourself into those things. I say this all the time, but Nancy had said to me one time, or actually she taught, and I stole it from her. So God gave me this. <laughs> what we focus on determines what we see, right? But what we focus on also determines what we don't see. The other day I was outside, and uh, I was, I, oh, what was I doing? I can't remember. I was out there, and it was a windy day, and I was down. I was looking at the at the horses trying to figure out something that was going on and I'm standing there I'm looking and all of a sudden I hear something behind me and Anna had just told us there's a lot of snakes out and about right now so you know just watch out because we have grassy and you know and so as I'm looking at the horses and all of a sudden I hear something behind me and in my mind I'm thinking it's a snake and so all of a sudden I just wheeled around and it's Katie and she's like and I screamed so loud and so long, I surprised myself. I mean, I'm an easy touch, and usually I'm just like, ah, you know. This was like, ah, ah, ah. I couldn't stop it. I was so shocked. I shocked myself, and I totally spit. <laughs> and I was just like, that is so ridiculous. I, I'm embarrassed that I was so embarrassed. And... And why was I even saying that? <laughs> what you pay attention? Yes, yes. So I was so for focused on the horses that that snake or that daughter snuck up on me and I didn't see it till it, it, till it was right there. So the point I'm making is if I'm so focused on my problem, yes. not that you're my problem, <laughs> never, never. But if I'm so focused on this, 
How am I ever going to get my bills paid? How am I going to get my healing? How am I going to get through this? How am I going to deal with these issues with my children, with my husband? How am I going to deal with all of this? How am I going to get through? How am I going to pay my gas prices? How am I, how am I going to deal with all these issues? You're focusing, but you're missing the promises of God. We're so focused on those cute pink toenails <laughs> that I'm not even seeing anything else. So we get so focused that we can totally miss God's blessing because we're not looking for it. On the other hand, we can focus on his promises and miss out on the chaos and the mess. It's a choice. It's a choice to rejoice. Where you can focus on the promises and totally nullify the enemy's problems. But it's a choice. Every day when we get up. You know, I was looking at my notes today, and I'm going to close and we're going to pray in just one second. But I was looking because I knew what I wanted to teach, and I'd already had notes I wrote earlier this week. But I'm looking in my files and... I have a whole file on joy, messages on joy. I'm looking at this. I'm like, wow, that's a good message. But it's 12 pages long. (laughs) Like it's a book. But guess what? I'm looking at the date when I wrote that message. It was in 1999. You know, and it's saying exactly what I'm saying tonight and teaching exactly what I'm teaching tonight. But we've been at this for a long time. And I didn't just read that out of a book. Oh, this will preach. We didn't just pick that out of a, a, a message online. We've lived this. And I'm telling you, it works. Faith works. You know, there's people that say, well, I'd believe if I saw a miracle. Well, guess what? Sometimes we believe when we don't see a miracle. That's even a greater miracle that we choose to believe even when we don't see it. You know what I love about this scripture that I read to you? Rejoice in the Lord always. That means rejoice before you see the results. It's easy for me to stand up here and say, God healed us. God healed me of cancer. Praise God, I'm cancer free. Glory to God, I'm kicking, I'm feeling good, I'm feeling good. But that wasn't the case through the journey. I didn't have that testimony. I didn't have that assurance. I didn't have that feeling of health and joy. I didn't have a feeling of victory. I was sad sitting there watching y'all at the back of your heads on stream. I'm not kidding. I had to cry my way through the services while I'm sitting there watching stream, seeing Larry preach and seeing the back of your heads and seeing my family on the front row, the back of their heads, and my chair empty. That was sad. That was very challenging for me. And I cried my way through, and I saw the reflection in my laptop computer of myself with my bald head. No eyebrows, no eyelashes. It was not pretty, and it was not easy, and it was not fun, and it was scary as all heck. You know, faith as much as we have, as much faith as we have, and as many miracles as we have seen, that was a face down, and that was a challenge. And it was hard, the hardest thing that we've ever gone through, and yet look at what God has done. 
Look at what God has done. You're sitting under this ministry. You're sitting watching this. You're under this ministry and this covering. You know, what God has done for us, please believe me, we don't say this to bring attention to ourselves. We bring this message to bring hope to others. If God can heal us of leukemia and cancer, if God can touch our families to go through all of this, I never felt so proud of my children in my entire life as seeing them praying and rejoicing on the front row during worship. As I watched on stream and saw my kids praying with people at the altar as they were going through the crisis of their family and our family. And yet here they were doing exactly what Larry and I have done for almost 50 years, stand in faith and put others before put others before ourselves and trust God even when it doesn't look good. Amen. If God can do that for us, he can do whatever you need him to do for you. And right now, I want you to stand with me. We're going to have a prayer. Then I'm going to pray for you right now. When we close in prayer, I've got a special friend that's going to give us a special little testimony. And then I'm going to pray for you individually. So don't be in a hurry. We're going to give you time for your, for your goodies. But out there, and I want to fellowship with you. I do. I don't, I'm not demeaning that. But I want you to just close your eyes for a minute. And I'm going to have a prayer for you from what we call our prayer card and what we have taught in prayer for a very, very long time in praying the Lord's Prayer, and I'm just going to go through it. And this is actually going to be a CD that we're going to give out on Mother's Day for this prayer because sometimes we need someone to agree with us in prayer. And over the years that we've done this before, I've loved the testimonies and the stories that women have said to me. I just plug your CD in in the morning, and even if I'm in a hurry and I'm just putting my makeup on, you're praying and I'm agreeing and I'm learning how to pray, and we're praying together, and God is moving into my life because of that. Amen? So we're going to have that prayer right now. But I want you to specifically not just listen to me praying. I want you to enter in. You know, when we're in church, we're not a spectator. Don't ever just come and be a spectator. And don't let people that are just spectators affect you. I want you, when you're in the house of God, I want you to be here to meet personally with God. Whether it's in worship, whether it's in prayer, whether it's in whoever's preaching or teaching, you're here to meet with God Almighty. You bring your needs to him. And I want to tell you one of my favorite sayings before we pray. This is an old, old hymn. It says, thou art coming to a king. Large petitions with thee bring. For his grace and power are such, you can never ask too much. I want you to close your eyes for a minute and picture yourself at the throne of God. Picture yourself. Not at the throne of the mountain or the problems or the issues or the challenges or the government or the economy or the gas prices. 
You're at the throne of God Almighty. When we come to him, I want you to believe that he's already done what you're going to ask him to do right now. And we're just going to enter into all that he is and all that he has for you. Amen? Amen. Lift your hands. I want you to just begin to press into him. Just begin to speak to him in your own words. And I'm going to have a prayer. And I want you to enter in with me, okay? Father, we come to you right now, God, in the power and the name and the might of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And Father, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for how great you are. God, we're not coming to you as a beggar. We're not coming to you as just someone in the world with a need. We are coming to you as our Father. We are coming before you, God, as our King. We are coming to you not as a hard taskmaster, but as a good God, a good, loving, kind, generous, almighty God. And Father, nothing is too hard for you. God, we don't come to you just with requests, but we come to worship you and to honor you and to thank you for being who you are. And Lord, we give you the praise and the praise of our hearts. God, we give you our lives. We give you our families. We give you every part of our lives, God, our finances, our jobs, our marriages, our children. We give you every part of our lives, God, to have your way and to do your will. Father, right now we worship you for who you already are. We're not begging you to be these things. We are entering in to who you are. And we stand, God, in authority. Right now we take every authority that you have given us and we break every curse. We break every spirit that would come against our lives, against our health, against our homes, against our minds, our peace of mind. We break every spirit of oppression. We break every spirit of attack against our children in the world. God, right now we stand and we put our foot down, God, and we declare nothing but the will of God the word of God, the purposes and the plans of our God. Father, we worship your name and declare your kingdom come and your will be done on earth, in my life, in my family's life, in my home, in my finances, in every area of my health and every single area of our lives. Father, forgive us for the sins that we've committed. Forgive us, Lord, for our unbelief. Forgive us for our negative negative feelings and attitudes, God. Father, forgive us for unbelief and forgive us for sin, God, in our lives. Father, we come and we repent before you and we ask you, Lord, to forgive us of all of our iniquities, all of our sins. Forgive us, Lord. And Father, redeem us and restore us and replenish our spirits. Pour your heart, your spirit into our souls, God. Cleanse our minds, Cleanse our limitations in our thinking. Cleanse, God, our wishes, our dreams, our hopes, and let them become your vision for our lives. Father, impart your spirit unto us. Impart your greatness into us. Father, cause us to be greater than we could ever be in our own strength or in our own lives. Cause us to have a vision, God, to change the world for you. Father, give us the strength, the courage, God, the light, the joy, the peace, 
to be representative of you in the world. God, to bring hope to others. Father, help us not to be self-centered, but to be, God, where we are yielded to your will, to your plans, to your purposes. Let us be your representatives in the face of the world right now, God. Let our light shine. And Father, right now, we thank you for who you are. God, you are Jehovah Sidkenu. You are our righteousness. God, even beyond what we can be righteous in our own selves, God, be righteous through us. Father, you are Jehovah Mekadesh. You are the God that sanctifies us. God, down within our soul, you change our want-tos, you change our desires, and you change the desires of our loved ones, our children. God, put in their hearts a desire to serve you, God, to live for you, to rise above sin. Let our children in this world, God, see the ugliness of sin. Let them see, God, the short-sightedness of their actions, and let them see, God, beyond to the light of Jesus Christ, to the light of God. Draw them to that, God. Sanctify their hearts. Give them a righteousness in their hearts, a new set of want-tos. Father, you are Jehovah Shalom. You are our peace. You are our peace, and we step into that right now. God, take us out of the disorder. Take us out of the disarray. Take us out of the anxiousness and the stress, God, of the world's situations. Let us live in your place of peace, that you are greater Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world right now. Father, you are Jehovah Shammah. God, you are always there when we need you. You are whatever we need you to be at any point in our lives. God, no matter what we face each day, you are our strength. As our day is, so shall our strength be. God, no matter what we face and wake up to each day, you have already seen it. You have already redeemed us you've already taken care of it and we step in to your power and who you are god we put our foot down on the attacks of the enemy we put our foot down on the attack of our health we put our foot down on the attack of our children our families god we put our foot down on the attacks of our marriages and our churches and our values and our morals god we break the back of the enemy that is at work in the nation and the world right now in our communities, in our schools, in our families, our lives. Father, we break that back right now in Jesus' name. Father, you are Jehovah Rapha. You are the God that heals us. Father, I thank you that God, even through what we have gone through in our own lives, we can stand and we can say, you are Jehovah Rapha. You are our healer. You are our healer once and for all. You are our healer day by day, step by step. And God, we thank you for your life that you have given to us. Jesus died on the cross, shed blood, took stripes upon you so that we could be healed. Thank you for that, Lord, and we stand in it. You are Jehovah Jireh, the God who provides for us. Father, against all the attacks of our finances, against the attacks of our economy, God, against the attacks of our jobs and our status in in the world, God, you are Jehovah Jireh. And we rise above those attacks. We break that spirit of devour on our lives. We break the spirit that would try to steal and rob our finances and our economic well-being. God,
God, you are the God of prosperity. And we stand together, God. We call in your abundance, your overflow. God, we're in this world, but we're not a part of this world. And we rise above the circumstances of this world, God. No matter what the economy looks like, no matter what is happening in the government, you are our God and you are Jehovah Jireh, our provider. We thank you for your abundance, God. Father, we thank you that you are Jehovah Nisi. You are the God who is my victory and my protection. God, no matter what the enemy has for others in the world, you are our protection and our victory. And we shout that from the rafters. You are Jehovah Rohi. You are my guide and my shepherd. God, lead us, guide us each day. Bring your light, the lamp of the word before us. Give us direction. Give us intuition to be taught from within. Let your spirit, God, dwell within us. Raise up within us, God. Give us light and direction. Father, as we face the choices in the world for our jobs, for the economy, as we face the choices in the world for our family, for our children, leading them and guiding them, even in our marriage, in every circumstance of our lives. God, if we're facing a health issue, Father, lead us and guide us each step of the way. Lead the doctors and nurses that are surrounding us and all the technicians. Father, we thank you that you have gone before us. You have gone before us, Lord. You have already won the victories. You have already paved the way. Every mountain is made low. Every valley is made high. Father, we are more than conquerors through you, through him who loved us. And we thank you, God. We're not just out here on our own. We are here, God, in your presence. You live within us. The same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead lives within us and will quicken our mortal bodies in every situation and that you will go before us, with us, and after us, confirming your word. God, we thank you. We thank you that we have the privilege not to just come as beggars, but to come as your children Join heirs with Jesus Christ. Father, we give you the praise. We give you the glory. We give you the honor. And we all shout, Amen. Come on, give him some praise. Give him some praise. Hallelujah. Give him some praise. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, amen. You feel a victory in here? You feel like you can take on that enemy of the... You can win over any battle. Amen. I don't care if you're young. You're old, you're in between. I don't care. You are a woman of God and a powerhouse. Nothing can come against you that God won't give you the power to rise up over. Amen. Real quick, I'm going to pray for y'all individually, if you like, in just a minute. But right now, Katie, Kayla, I want you to come up here. And I real quick, I want a testimony of God's power what God has done for you. This is so cool. You spoke last week a little bit at Waves and yep. just shared some things that God put on your heart. I want you to share because it's just right in line with where we're talking tonight. Yeah. All right? Oh, my gosh. That prayer was powerful. <laughs> and I just cry every time you, you speak now. I don't know what's going on with that. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. I'm going to try not to cry in this. But basically... Um, if you will, a lot of you may not know, but in my spare time, I blog and I, I write often. I have a Christian blog, and usually I write like once a month, but I don't really go into that space of writing unless I feel prompted. It may be during prayer. It may be during worship. It may be listening to a sermon, but I just wait for that prompting or that leading to just write. And 
one night, um, I was just doing my own thing, and, and I felt that prompting, and I thought I was just gonna go into this space and write a blog post, but once it was done, I had a whole prophetic word, basically, from the Lord, and it was something that I never experienced before, and it was for um, the young women, and I shared it with Katie at um, a Bible study that I hosted for some of the girls at church, and she asked me to share it at Waves, and when I shared it at Waves, the Lord took over, because it wasn't me, <laughs> so he's going to have to take over again tonight, <laughs> so I'm going to read it with you guys, and it says, there is a generation of young women that I've called to prayer, but no one is calling them by their names, I call them warriors, I call them gates, I call them keys, I call them the entryway, my move among the young women is that the young women will begin to be like women of old, women of strong, fervent, relentless prayer, for the days are not long, and they must rise up with expedience and valor. They must rise up in prayer. Why are my daughters weeping when I have called them to war? Why are my daughters waiting when I have called them to war? Why are my daughters not calling me by my name, Father? Why are my daughters not standing in their rightful place as my daughters? I will begin to call my daughters by their... Will anyone begin to call my daughters by their name? Will someone show my daughters that they too are seated in heavenly places? For many of my daughters know me, but they have yet to pursue me. They do not hear my voice because they are far. But I will send out a few that will call many to my attention, many to my attention, many to my attention. My daughters must turn their attention to me and stand at attention. For the women will become pillars of prayer once again. And they will call me father and commander time sensitive. Um, <laughs> every time I read this, I'm like, wow. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but basically, I just shared at Waves that this is a special time from God uh, on behalf of women, yeah. all women, and especially our young women, because we see the state of our world and we see everything that is going on. And God really wants to rise up in women and do something powerful. And I was thinking, you know, as I was coming here, I was like, Lord, how am I going to share this at ladies night when, you know, this was meant for, you know, waves, our crew, you know, the, the younger women, but this doesn't, this type of thing doesn't happen without the help of you all out there. You know, I, I need strong women of prayer in my life to, to lead me and teach me how to be a strong woman of prayer. It's not just something that happens on its own. And I was speaking in waves and saying that even from the service that's going on in waves, there's just like something that's spilling over into our regular services. Something has changed. Something has shifted. The worship has shifted. And I think it's because we're all rising up in expectation and we're on one accord. And it starts here like it starts here in the church but it starts at home being relentless and being mindful and being thoughtful and intentional about the Lord and even as I read it I was saying to myself God I don't I don't feel I feel inadequate in this area I don't feel like I can I don't feel like I don't feel confident and Pastor Luke was speaking about something and I began to think and feel that way again and I'm just like Lord I just feel like I'm in a dry season but you're you're saying you're speaking all these things to me and the Lord spoke to me again and he said fires start in dry places fires start in dry places and I believe that's what's happening at New Beginnings. It's a refreshing fire. I believe that's what's happening amongst the women. It's a refreshing fire. I believe that we're going to bridge the gap between every generation of, of women in this church. And we're going to be accountable to one another. We're going to take each other on and take each other in. Pastor Lydia has taken me in. She's taught me how to swim. Yes. I can pray and I can swim. I'm unstoppable. 
And you know, it's, it's just the simple thing. This Katie taking me on as a sister. It's Pastor Tiz taking me on as a mom when I've lost a mom, you know? So it's those things that are just so important. And I believe that's what God has been speaking to the young women personally. And I believe that's what he's speaking to you all as well. So thank you guys. Amen. Amen. That's a great word. That is a great word. And that takes some courage to get up and and present that, right? Amen. I'm so proud of you, honey, and all you guys. I'm just, I'm, I'm proud of you all, every age. And you know, my favorite, one of them, one of my favorite scriptures right now is Psalms 133, where there's unity, God will command his blessing. And I believe we are all sensing that urgency. We're all sensing that urgency to rise up, to put challenges against what's going on in the world, to rise up and be a voice, be a light, be a person of integrity and a person of honor and a woman of valor, but to let your light shine in the world. Because we are being backed into a corner. We're being pushed and pushed by the world's uh, sanctions, the world's agenda. And you and I, at every age, every age, need to contend in the spiritual realm and in the physical realm. Be present. Be intentional. I love that. And in our generation, all of us, we need to... You know, I'm looking at you two little white-haired little, little little ladies. I love you so much. And I'll tell you, you remind me of uh, a little lady in, in Portland. Uh, um, I, I don't want to say her name out loud, but she was in a wheelchair. Not that you remind me of that. But no, that's not what I'm saying. But she was, she was at a point where she was in her 90s, in her late 90s. And she said, just park me. By the door, I'll love them in and I'll love them out. She said, I may be in a wheelchair and I may be gray-haired, but I can still love those youngsters coming in. I can still love those people coming in, and I can be a light shining for Jesus. You know, no matter what we do, big or small, you and I may not stand in a pulpit and preach in some foreign country in a stadium or something, but you know what? Every week, your presence is here. Every week, every day, God's going to put someone in your path that you can touch their life, that you can be a light to shine for them. They can ask you, boy, what's that smile on your face? What are you rejoicing about in the midst of all of this chaos in the world? Well, because my God reigns, you know, because I serve a mighty God and I can introduce you to him. Let your light shine and then God will move in your life. Amen. Right now, we're going to go. We're going to have some goodies out there. We're going to fellowship. I want to hear from you, talk, talk to you. But if there's any special needs right here, I really felt tonight I wanted to press a little bit deeper in prayer. So maybe you have. I didn't mean to go on so long about what the challenges we went through. But, you know, I, the only reason I say all that is to, not to bring attention to us, to bring attention to God. To bring attention to him and to encourage that he's so big, so powerful. And what he's done for us, he can do for you. So if you have a need of a healing that you need or someone that you love needs a special healing, I feel a a healing presence of God here tonight. I feel that, amen, if you need that, 
special prayer, I want you to come on forward. And you can stand in the gap for somebody. Amen. You can stand in the gap for somebody. And our prayer warriors are going to come up, and we're going to have a prayer together, all our leaders. But if you have a need in your family, you know, that enemy is trying hard to take that next generation. And we need to stand. But I'm telling you, every one of us that is a parent feels that pressure in the world that is trying to absorb the minds and the lives and the souls of our kids, our grandkids. If you want to come up here for special prayer in your family, in your life, maybe in your children, maybe in your grandchildren, maybe you feel the effects of sin for somebody that you know, I want you to come and stand in the gap for them. I probably would, would not think that anybody would not come up here for some need tonight because I want to have a special prayer for you. If you have a physical need, if you have a spiritual need, if you have a need in your marriage, I want you to come up here. If you have a need in your finances, you know, that pressure right now in the financial realm, there, it's crowding in around us, and we're feeling that pinch But I'm telling you, God is greater, and he will take your gas, and he will make what your, maybe your car gets 18 miles to the gallon. He's going to give you 40 miles to the gallon. Let God touch your gas tank. Let God touch your pocketbook. I'm telling you, God will move in your life financially and put his super to your natural. If there's anyone that you're standing in the gap for, if you have a need, a special need right now, there's many, many needs right here. I want you to take each other's hands. If you don't want to touch hands, that's okay. If you're still kind of, that's fine. But honestly, and we're off the camera right now. We're not on stream anymore. But I just, I just felt so strong today. And then Nancy texted me and said, how do you want to do prayer at the end? I said, well, I want to do the big prayer, but I really, I really want to zoom in. And I want you to feel. Remember when I said, earlier that I would feel things when I prayed for people okay I want you to feel who you're standing next to I don't know your specific needs but I feel your heart and I'm not really sure the specifics and we don't need to tell each other those things but we feel each other's hearts and that compassion the Bible always says when Jesus did a miracle he was moved with compassion And I believe that that compassion pulls out that supernatural realm of God's miracles. Amen? Do you believe that? Do you feel that? I'm feeling, I'm just feeling the spirit of God. I want you to just close your eyes. We're not on camera. Nobody's watching. I just want to have a special prayer for you. I want you to begin to pray and cry out and just begin to ask God. And I'm just going to pray for you. We're not going to take very long, just a couple minutes But like I said in the beginning, we came here to meet with God. Father God, tonight, we are coming before you. Father, we love you. We trust you. We choose to rejoice in you. God, we choose to be joyful. We choose to put a spirit of faith on the inside and the outside and trust you. But God, tonight, we're being real with you. We have issues in life. We have challenges that we face. Lord, we're not ignoring those things, but we're rising above them. And Father, right now, we break every curse. 
We break every spirit of addiction. We break the spirit of sin. We break the grip and the stronghold of the world's influence and voices and influence in our lives, in our families' lives, in our children, our grandchildren, in the world. We silence that voice and that power through the blood and the authority of Jesus Christ. Father, we plead the very blood that was shed for us of our Savior, Jesus. We plead that blood, God, over the world right now, but specifically over our families, over our lives, over the children in our schools, our neighborhoods, our communities, God, in our church. God, we break the strongholds that would try to steal the hearts and the minds and the souls of our children in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, you are our healer. My God.